What's up, Conroe? This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. It's me. And you are listening to Nerd Thug Sports. That's right. We are on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Be sure to check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio or NerdThugRadio.com. That's the mothership, bro. That's where it all happens. That's where the things happen. If we were like a, like, an alien spaceship, that's where we would get our food and fuel from. Nerd Thug Radio. It's like a hive mind. Hi. Well, I mean, I'm the brains, so can it be a hive mind of the mind right here? Wow. Yeah, mystical. Amazing. Mystical. Lyrical. The mind's right here. You remember that song? No. You t- you're so young. You're like a babe in the woods. If we were animals, like, your mama would still be licking all the goo off you. You're a baby. Look at you. Stumbling through life. <laughs> Does it ever weird you out that horses stand up, like, right away? Not really. How it's does like, that not? They got four legs. We only got two. Yeah, but, like, they were curled up in a goo ball for, like, yeah, they months. Got, they got four legs. We only got two. So so double the time. But that's not even double the time. That's, like... No, it's just the stability. Oh, but they'd still fall over. I guess. I'm just saying. You're a baby horse, and for some reason you're standing, and it's really true. I'm going to kick you over here in a minute. I'm just going to push you over. <laughs> I'm just gonna well, it's not like they're good at standing. They fall over. Right, but I mean, it's still, like, real impressive. Like, you've been a thing for literally 20 minutes, and you stand up. Like, do you know what I did the first 20 minutes I was alive? I wasn't even breathing when I was born. They had to suck goo out of me. Like, I was so bad at being a baby. <laughs> I wasn't even doing the basics when I was born. Think about it. That's weird. I mean, kind of fits with me a little bit. A little bit. Like, if there was ever a person who was doing less than enough to to live. It was you. <laughs> it'd be me. It'd be me. Anyway, this is Nerd Tug Sports, and uh, we're on topic all the time. Full time. Yep. Definitely. B- baby goo. For show. Baby goo is a thing. I coined that term when you were born. You were grossly baby gooey. You drooled nonstop. Yep. Um, I also look horror mortified every like, baby picture. <laughs> you look like Morty, but you know something bad's about to happen oh. in every baby picture. That's such a guy. The two I sent you yesterday were really great. Ah, the weasel. That's so good. Uh, he had like you had like a uh, uh, you had something wrong with your not wrong. You were a baby who was born with tight vocal cords, and the doctor's like they'll loosen over time. But right now, that he has a very high pitched squealy noise. It's your boy, Squealy Boy here. And so, literally, your dad and I called you the Weasel. The for, Weasel. Because Polly Shore was around, and it was really kind of perfect, because you would just make, like, squealy Wimpy noises. Wimpy noises. <laughs> like, it was, it was very... You were a funny baby, just because of the noises you made. <laughs> You're probably not supposed to laugh at babies with conditions, but it's okay. Your dad was doing it, so... <laughs> like, if it's he's fine. cool... Yeah, yeah it's yeah, fine. If he's cool, what about, I mean, you turned out all right. Yeah, it worked out. Enough. Enough. <laughs> Look, you're in college. What do I know? Um. Anyway, we got a lot going on today. Big sports week. Big, Big one? Big sports week. Uh, a couple days ago... Well, the NFL isn't even involved. I, well, sort of they are, I actually. Know. So, the first story... <laughs> actually, a lot of these are connected to the NFL. Uh, first, first story, the AAF is is done. It exploded. It's done. It's imploding. It makes me wrong... Um, but not my fault. Not my fault. Not your. You, you call the shot here. The outside factors at play were unfortunate. Right. Were unfortunate. But I was wrong. I let it listen. Get it on the tape. I will say when I'm wrong. I don't have a problem being wrong when facts say otherwise. Right. When things happen, they happen. So the AAF, uh, the story that everyone wanted to believe. And listen. I don't believe in the concept of fake media, but I do believe in the concept that media is always looking for juice, right? The sauce, if you will. The sauce. They always want this. They want to stir the sauce, right? So what's a better story? That the AAF sought an additional investor because they were running out of money or because all startups seek additional investment? Right. Well, obviously that they don't they don't have enough money. Right. So they came to Tom Dundon and they were like, "Yeah, we uh the outside story is that they couldn't make payroll. They say there was an issue with payroll uh they with the payroll company they were using. Tom Dundon 
the new CEO, operator, chairman of the board of AAF, went ahead and just started funding the league. He pledged to invest $250 million. That's not the case. It's not what he did. Um, he was paying payroll out of his funds, and since his involvement, he has paid $70 million out of his pocket. That's right. not $250 million, first right. of all. Far from it. Far from it. Um, but there were issues at play. And if you recall, two weeks ago, I told you he threatened to shut down the league. He said, uh, if the NFLPA doesn't play ball, we, shut it out. We, we're we, done. We can't, we can't exist. And I, told, I said then that this is a negotiating ploy. He's trying to establish a, a leverage somewhere in an uphill battle. Because he's trying to get the NFLPA to agree to let the practice squad players play. Um, essentially, what the path to success for the AAF would have been is a minor it was is a minor league team. Uh, people would be playing these games during this off season to get playing time, so that other teams can so that NFL teams can notice guys and bring guys in. Um. I maintained all along the NFLPA has zero interest in this because the NFLPA, they're at their strongest when there are more active players because that means there are more millionaires. That means there's more money and power in, in their side of the negotiating table. The NFLPA has been pushing for more active roster spots every year. They don't like the idea of the practice squad. The practice squad helps them, and that's probably something they fight for in the negotiating room. But what they really want are active roster spots. And what they definitely don't want is a minor league. Because in most sports, the minor league players don't, they're not part of the union. They don't count. So like in Major League Baseball, the entire minor leagues aren't part of the union. Major League Baseball can make whatever rule they want. And they don't have to negotiate with the union for it. Right. Because they just put it in the minor leagues. Right. So like minor leagues had drug testing years before the majors did. Um, so... For the, for the AAF, the issue is they the NFL was clearly behind it. The NFL was airing the games on the NFL Network, was putting talented broadcasters on the game. The I think for the opener, it was Kurt Warner and uh, Trent Green were, were both doing that, and that's two of their better television personalities. It's two quarterbacks. Um, Interesting. And so AAF was – they had the support of the league, but not the support of the, the Players Association. The other thing is, this is something I didn't know until this week as the stories broke out. Um, there was technology being developed by the AAF that is relevant for sports and for gambling. It's essentially real-time data that's trackable in an app that is accessible to everyone with access to the app. So the, I think the long-term goal is you sell this as a betting tool after you get it mastered and ready and betters pay you a lot of money to be able to see the real time data to make adjusting bets because you can bet real time on games you can bet halftime bets quarter bets things of that nature and if you if you're getting real time data you're beating the moving spreads and that is worth a lot more than 70 million dollars right so what I think happened is I think Tom, I think he knew the PA was never going to really budge. Bill Polian's, uh, Bill Polian and uh, Ebersol were the two founders, and they're two legends of the NFL. Their long-term goal was to make it through three years and prove the model. And around that time, I think there's, a, there's an upcoming collective bargaining between the NFL and the Players Association, and this all could have folded in together. Um... However, now that Tom Dundon's in charge, zero interest in that. He doesn't want to do it anymore. No, he put in $70 million, and there were some things that were dumb. There were just some screw-ups. There were some insurance things, like the team in Florida was having to practice in Georgia for insurance reasons. That's not exactly close. It's two hours. They they were having to drive two hours to practice. So that's an inconvenience. Also, they had been promising to play their championship game in Vegas and they never officially signed the lease for the date 
even though the stadium was paying was selling tickets for the event. <laughs> so the stadium was in an agreement that they would hold it, but nothing officially had been signed. And then apparently all of a sudden uh Oh no. Right. Well, since there's no paperwork on it, and I think this was Tom Dundon's thing. I think he was trying to go through and find out how much was on he was on the hook for financially. I bet if at the beginning of the year Bill Polian and Chuck Ebersall had signed a lease for a championship game, there'd be a championship game. I, I, I think that would have happened. But because they weren't on the hook for it, they just dipped. Yeah, he just di- yeah, exactly. If if you were in a restaurant and you only had to pay for what you ate, but not for everything on your plate, when you were happy, you could go. Yeah. And so I think that's what he did there. I think he saw he's 70 million in. The app has bigger implications than all of that. The app is worth listen, far far more. Listen, the gambling industry is, you know, all Even the NFL, the NFL and the NBA are both getting involved in Vegas. They both are going the Oakland Raiders will probably be in Vegas a year from now. Everyone wants a piece of gambling. This is going to be a big part of that. Billions of dollars. Just on, just on sports alone. Tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars. Gambling. Billions on just the Super Bowl. Yeah, just the Super Bowl. You'll hear, you know, oh, Vegas made $700 million on the Super Bowl. Boom. That's a 10-time return on that investment right there. One game. Right. Forget about the 17-week season plus the playoffs. Trash. So, right. So, no, I think Tom Dundon... I think he played these guys. I think he got in. He got to look at everything. And seventy million is a lot of money. Make no mistake. This guy though, he played aggressive and then and then was like in the background, like I know it's gonna not work. No, because I think I think his goal the whole time was this technology. I do think that. I think he when he came into this, I think he knew like running a league is expensive, and ten games might have been too many. Maybe eight should have been the number. You know what I mean? Because they that's where they stopped. They stopped at eight. Right. They would have finished right now. <laughs> right. And by the way, this is how you know they're not coming back. Uh, the players were left wherever they were. They literally got a phone. They literally got a memo Wednesday that said, "We're done. Checks closed. Bye, bro." They had to arrange. <laughs> See you later. Bye. The players had to arrange their own transport home. That's brutal. That's that just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. So you know, there's no coming back. There is zero coming back. Yeah, because even if they start up again, no one's going to want to play for them. No. No. I just... Hey, we'll play for the AFL. Yeah. No, I don't. No, because last time I did, they left me in Florida, and I live in Boston. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, all that being said, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got uh, we got more NFL-related news stories and Conor McGregor and uh, John Oliver. Talk about our friends RNA Sports. Oh, sorry. Right here in Conroe. They're at 3501 North Fraser Street. North Fraser. They've got sports memorabilia out the wazoo. Any kind of uh, collectible sports wise, they've got it. Uh, they've also got some New Era and uh, Mitchell and Ness apparel. So they've got just everything. If you want sports stuff, go see our friends at RNA Sports up in Conroe. Tell them we sent you, and they will give you a 20% off a ticketed item. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Conroe? This is Nerd Thug Sports. How's everybody doing out there? It's a uh, wonderful Thursday, and we are hanging out right here on 104.5, 106.1. And uh, we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. And uh, Nico's assaulting the microphones. I'm attacking everything. That's why we don't have nice things. Assault your surroundings. <laughs> That's Listen, we're going to have to have a Me Too talk after this. That is not how we do things around here. Okay, buddy? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit a note to HR about your behavior. Joy can't stop me. <laughs> he is the president of HR. That's that is unfortunate. Uh, real quick, tell everybody about Cox ATA, Nico. Cox ATA. They got two convenient locations: one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They got all your Taekwondo and training needs. They got Tai Chi, Taekwondo. They got classes for ages three to one hundred and three. They got. We have an event coming up this Saturday. That's right. Uh, Nerd Thug Sports is going live with featuring Captain Joey Savage. Um, That's right. It's going to be a tournament. It's going to be world champions. It's going to be district champions. 
All kinds of champions. Uh, we've changed Sadie Savage's name to the Deuce because she's number two in the world. Nice. Yeah. See, all kinds of great people there at Cox ATA. They teach leaders. They build life skills. They leave a legacy. Mention Nerd Third Grade. I'll get two free UC training. Boom. That's right. Hang out with us this Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, well, <laughs> there's no fun way to do this. we got to make a hard transition here. From fun to gloom, I guess. A little bit, yeah. It's it's not a it's not a great story. Not a good. So a while back in Florida, Robert Kraft got arrested for using the services of a low end, hey finger quote massage parlor, an air quote air quote. I think the air quote sounds a little bit better for this story, but that's okay. Uh, hand quote would sound really great. Um, huh. Massage mm. parlor. Adult massage parlor. Heavy quotes. Heavy quotes. Extra bold, italicized quotes. 48 size font quotes. Right. At the time, he released a statement that, I'm going to paraphrase, essentially he said, uh-uh, didn't do it. Nope. Totally BS. W- wasn't me. There's a legal system at play, so I won't say much, but this will totally exonerate me in the end. So we don't hear anything else from him for a little bit. The police then say, very quickly, the police say, listen, everybody we arrested, we've got well-documented evidence, keyword documented, because we knew this place was one of those places, so we got a warrant, and we filmed in all the encounters. Oh, no. So, it was really the same day as the police are saying that, that Robert Kraft is saying, 100%, I didn't do it. And I remember thinking at the time, that's a weird position. Because if things are on tape and there were warrants in play, more than likely a judge saw this before saying, yes, arrest him. So, like, more than likely there were some decisions made. Probably. But only based on what they saw. (coughs) Like, if you have a camera there, you're not going to then arrest people on suspicion. You're going to arrest them for what you see on camera. Right. Because what's going to happen if you don't is the judge is going to say, well, I thought we got a warrant for a camera. Like, why are we guessing? Right. What's the tape say? What does it do? So. What it do, my dudes? Florida, their prosecutors then said, listen, we're willing to make concessions to everybody. We're willing to dismiss charges to anyone who's willing to make a public statement that they would have been found guilty of the crimes they are currently charged with. And it's just in the best interest of the public to just move on because these aren't, these are like misdemeanors. Like these aren't, these are tickets and these literally are talking about billionaires. Right. So in the oh case, no. like in the case of Robert Kraft, he could hire a $100 million legal team to tie this up in court for two years over a misdemeanor that in the end, he's on tape probably for. So at this time, that's where the statement is. Robert Kraft has an issue with signing anything that says he would be found guilty. Oh, no. So his lawyers then file a motion, and this is how you know things aren't going good. The motion is to suppress any potential evidence that is on tape from ever releasing to the public. (laughs) It's not that he doesn't want to use in court. It's that he doesn't. He wants to gag order it so it never gets out. So what does that tell you, Nico? Um, I think he done did it. Uh, yeah. And it's on the video, and he don't want nobody to see the video. Right. So before he says yes or no to the to the plea, he wants to make sure he can lock up this video. If he can lock up this video, then he can fight it in court. Worst comes to worst, it goes to a jury trial. Worst comes to worst, or he probably actually would do a judge trial, knowing Robert Kraft, and he would probably say, like, let's have the judge do it, and if the judge goes one or the other, it's decision of a judge he based solely on legal precedence and not on the facts of our case. Like, he could, you know what I'm saying? Like, he could talk his way right. to the public. He could be like, oh, it's kind of it's kind of messed up. You know, I'll the billionaire wears way out. Exactly. Ex- three years from now. Six years from now, we're going to get a video of him. Right, and so... His lawyer lost the appeal. The judge was like, listen, Woo! you have no standing on privacy grounds. This was a a public place. This was a place under suspicion of criminal activity. This was a sting. The, this was a sting. The warrants were properly executed. The warrants were properly filed. There's no reason. The warrants bared fruit because we arrested people for the crimes we thought were being committed there. 
You have zero grounds to now say this tape is too damaging. Um, Money can't save you now. So then, then he releases a second statement. And he apologizes. Non-specifically. I'm real sorry for what I did. No, no, no. Just he's I'm, real I'm sorry. Just, I'm real sorry. I'm real sorry. I'm real sorry. <laughs> I'm real sorry. I brought a lot of embarrassment to the league and to my team and to the fans and the greatest fans in the in the NFL and the greatest fans in the world. And I apologize to everyone involved. Um, but he doesn't say what he's sorry for, and he doesn't. I'm just sorry. And he doesn't say this was an accident. This was the first time there was a misunderstanding. He goes back twice in one week, by the way. It's two different counts. <laughs> um, I'm just real sorry. Yes, you are sorry. Yeah, yes, you are. Yeah, I bet. Uh, so it's amazing how that story changed once it was. There's tape, uh, and that tape will get out if you want to go this way. And he was like, it's okay. I don't have enough money to stop the whole internet. Yeah, so. I guess I can't buy the internet. How much money would he have had to have, like... Every, the biggest slap. Everyone who ever has access to the tape, he would have to. He would have had to buy all at once, like before they went home that day. Right. Everyone. Like, there's no way to do it. There's no way to do it. And then one of them could still do it, and he wouldn't be able to stop it. Right. Yeah. One of them does it, and he's like, "Here you go, 4chan," and then the whole world explodes. <laughs> so, it's out there now. Like, it exists somewhere, probably. Somewhere. Probably. Somebody has it. Somebody has it now. And I don't know if he's finalized all the court stuff yet, but. He went from hard denial to I'm real sorry in about two months. And all it took was the public knowledge that the videotape exists and he can't suppress it. Whoops. Yeah. Whoops indeed. Uh, how much time we got here? We got a whole three minutes. Cool. Michael Bennett uh, of the Seattle Seahawks. His brother was on the Patriots team that won the Super Bowl a couple years ago in Houston. Uh-huh. And... The Harris County prosecutors just announced that they are not going to pro- uh, press felony assault charges on him. Um, Why? He was in the stands during the Super Bowl. When they won, he wanted to come down and visit with the team to see his brother. Keep in mind, he's an NFL player. Keep in mind, he's also a Super Bowl winning NFL player. Uh, so he knows the drill. Well, apparently there was <sighs> uh, apparently there was a paraplegic woman working security. I have issues and questions with that. Um, there's a quality, and then there's logic. Uh, I don't know how that works. She tried to prevent him from getting to where he was going. He still made it to where he was going. In the process, allegedly, she received a strained shoulder. Okay. Um, charges were filed. However... As the universe was scoured, and there's, you know, a thousand hours of footage to find and go through, they couldn't find any proof conclusively that he did anything. So, it was his story and her story. So, the Harris County prosecutors now have dropped the charges. Mm. Um, sometimes when people hear, like, oh, the prosecutors dropped the charges, they get really upset, and they're like, oh, this is a tragedy, this is a travesty, this isn't justice, this is this messed is, up. This is a miscarriage Ugh. of justice. But the reality is sometimes so you got nothing. You have no ground to stand on. Right. Like what how what would have looked you have like zero proof? What would it have looked like in court? Like the there was a biker shootout recently in the news. Actually, it was like a, it was 6 years ago the biker shootout. Nine bikers died in the shootout. The police on the scene screwed up the investigation. They stacked all the weapons they found in the parking lot together and just in piles. Uh and then they arrested everyone at once. They're on the scene instead of doing investigations and properly following stuff. Most people got released. Uh, 22 people got charged later with participating or starting a riot. However, they couldn't prove things. So today, the new attorney, the new prosecutor, you know, there's been elections and stuff since right, then. Right, yeah. The new prosecutor was like, oh, I'm going to drop all the charges because it's, it's been too long and we can't. We figure, can't prove anything. We can't figure anything out at this point and there's not any good evidence. There's no ground to stand on. Right. Uh, and it seems like it's really, it's messed up. It seems odd. Nine people died and the police didn't handle it correctly. But at this point on the outside of it, six years later, 
how do you how do you come back? How do you come back? The only thing I would think to do is like charge a lot of people with destruction of justice. Like I grant three people immunity and then and make them tell me what happened there. Even if they killed two of the people, I still need to know what happened and who did what. Right. So that I know everyone's responsible. But uh, apparently they're not going to get there with that. So, uh, yeah, that's a lot going on. But when we come back, we got Conor McGregor. We've got John Oliver. It's uh, We don't actually have him on, on with us. We just were going to talk about him. Fair enough. Nerd Thug Sports. What's up, Conroe? It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. School is back in session, so let's talk about Cox ATA Martial Arts. As the leader in the American Taekwondo Association in North Houston, with two convenient locations, there's one in Conroe next to the Academy on North Loop 336, one in FMF 1488 in Magnolia. They have martial arts, self-defense, and leadership programs for everyone in the family. For those interested, check them out at coxata.com. And for those interested as well, mention Nerd Thug Radio to receive two free weeks of training. Cox ATA Martial Arts. We teach life skills, we build leaders, we leave a legacy. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Your table bites me. Yeah, well, don't do that. I saw what you did. <laughs> you found a little nick in the glass table and then ran your finger along it like a fool. <laughs> I didn't realize it was there until I did it. And then you did it again when you couldn't figure out, what, how did I hurt myself? Oh, I did this. <laughs> it's like when you walk into a doctor's office and you're like, sir, it hurts when I make a fist. And the doctor's like, well, don't, don't, <laughs> don't do, do that. that. <laughs> don't make a fist. Like, fine, we'll take an x-ray. Like, <laughs> you're the idiot. <laughs> I saw what you did. <laughs> Uh, before we get into anything, let this me tell is you why guys. I said to assault things. That's yeah, yeah. Don't blame my table for you being dumb. Uh, <laughs> I was injured. I'm gonna sue you guys. I will testify. Uh, let me tell you guys about the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More. It's now officially open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd related, the Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. This Saturday, they've got Pokemon going on, and coming up next week, check out. Uh, they got the cosplay on Sunday, like they do cosplay, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what they call it, but like they get together, cosplay crafting. And then Tuesdays they have trivia. Neat. Um, they're still right now, uh, make sure to make this place your new store and open a pull box with The Adventure Begins because they are still offering the 10% discount. But that is genuinely for a limited time. Once they reach capacity with that. No more. Yeah, they're not going to keep doing it. And remember, it's a, it's, it's a, once you have it, you have it. As yeah. long as you get your books. As long as you take care of your box, your box will take care of you. And that 10% stacks Ten, up. It really does, man. 10% is a lot. Uh, so get on 1488 and into the Nerdvana you deserve where the adventure begins. Hey. 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 Anyway, there's all that. So, you know. The adventure that. begins. The adventure begins. Mention Nerd Talk Radio. Get, uh, yeah, actually, I don't know if they give you anything for mentioning us yet. They're but still you should mention stuff. us. Yeah, just say that, you know. Yeah. You just know, remember, Nerd Talk Radio. Just remember that. So, which do you want to talk about here? Would you like to talk about John Oliver or Kana McGregor? I'm going to go to the latter. Which is that? Is that John Oliver? Latter. What about the former? That's, that's, that's Yon. Is, is the former John Oliver or is the latter John Oliver? The latter's Connor. So, you want to talk about the notorious Kana McGregor? Yeah, isn't he retired or something? Yeah, so when last we spoke, Connor had announced his retirement, and he said, pour me a proper a proper daiquiri, I think is what he said, uh, on his on his Twitter. Nice. Um, and he said uh, he was retiring from the sport formerly known as Mixed Martial Arts. Um, formerly known as that? Yeah, I don't know why he said that. I think he was trying to take a jab at it. They're like, oh, the business has gotten away with the sport. But sports and business are intertwined like DNA. Like It's part of it. It is intrinsically part of it. Without business, there are no sports. This is just the way it goes. This is just the way we do it. It is what it is what it is. Um, so for a guy who's retired, uh, what happened is he lost a fight to Habib. 
the hey, the bear wrestling uh, Russian. He's basically Zangief. Uh, a little bit like a like a small version of Zang, like a lean, a ninja. Ver- if Zangief had a ninja son, it would be Habib. Um, so Habib beat Conor McGregor a little over a year ago now. Feels like at this point, last summer. So maybe not like seven months ago. Uh, and everything was building up toward probably a rematch or Conor McGregor was going to go somewhere else. He, he's moved around in his weights a lot of times, and I think him and Habib are technically different weights. It's not Conor's natural weight class. So I think there was some conversation that he, he wasn't going to. Well, Habib, um, I believe the religion is like, I believe he's a Muslim, I think. Maybe. I think. I'm not 100%. Be- <laughs> he just recently got married. Uh-huh. And in the ceremony, the wife was completely covered in like a white, like a a cloth of some kind. Uh-huh. So Conor McGregor got on Twitter, and I'm laughing, but this isn't funny. This is this is messed up, but it's funny because Conor McGregor is clearly trying to get Habib to agree to another fight, and it's going to be a big payday. But he gets on Twitter and he tells Habib that he just married a towel. <laughs> And then he calls he calls her a towel like and he says some other rude stuff but it's it's obvious what he's doing and it's funny because he's the, trying to rustle some jimmies right and it's it's funny only in the sense that you can't you you have no concept of what this person looks like underneath everything like it's it's like a heavy drape cloth so and it's like well designed it's a pretty it's got it's a wedding it's thing. it's a wedding thing right it's got intricacy to it but from far away she she looks l- like conor mcgregor called her a towel and uh it's not the most or- it's not the most original thing but it's a f- it's like a it's dumb like a, it's like a middle school right like big you, burn. you married a towel and like it's stupid it's real stupid um but the absurdity of it like the whole thing is just completely absurd because it's obvious that he wants to uh, to engage Habib on some level to get things rolling again. Um, he then later deletes that tweet, but leaves up a tweet where he basically says, "Don't be scared, you know. Don't be scared. Don't worry what they tell you. It's okay. You can fight me," kind of thing. So he's trying to goad Habib into a fight, which is odd because last I heard, he was retired. It's obvious he's not really retired. He just wants a couple more ends in the bank. He what he wants is. And listen, he wants another island. He wants, yeah, he wants a second whiskey. Um, what it is is he doesn't want to book, he doesn't want to start over. And realistically, what so when Ronda Rossi lost to Holly Holmes, she then turned around and fought like the number five woman in her division. Conor McGregor doesn't want to do that. He wants to keep fighting for titles and big matches because he's thirty. He's already incredibly wealthy. The ins- if someone came to him and said, listen, you're probably not going to see another title fight for three or four fights. For Conor McGregor, with the way his life is going, that means it, he would be 32-ish, 33-ish. That's not worth it at this it's point. Not, it's not worth it for him. 33 before he does another $20 million fight? No, thank you. No, thank you. Not worth So he is using... His social media power. He's using other pressures... He's using the power of his star to stay relevant in UFC. Um, what do you think of that? Uh, I think is admirable. Although I'm a bit confused because if you're you think gonna, it's admirable, yeah, because I mean, like, if you're gonna have that kind of influence and that kind of a power, why not use it? Especially when, like, it's it's something that he's known for. He's done this literally his entire career at this point of him just. Talking trash, getting into mess, everyone stirs, everyone watches the fight. That's his game plan, and he wants to continue it. The thing that I don't understand is that he's doing it now, but then like he announced he retired. Well, and like I told you when, when we talked about it, this is the second time he's announced his retirement, and the first time was during negotiations for a fight also. Um, I think that that's just literally... When he gets his butt kicked at the table the first time around, he just goes, well, I don't really need this. And he doesn't. And it's probably more true every time he doesn't that he doesn't really need this. But I don't really believe he's retired. Um, Who knows? He'll probably retire when he's 45, not talking trash, and actually can't fight anyone anymore. 
man, you know, some of these fighters just never go. That's what I'm saying. Like, um, some of the Velasquez brothers are still fighting. Cain Velasquez, he looks brutal in the ring at this point. He looks like a tired old man. He's got to be 42 at least. And he is still booking. And the thing of it is, it's a little more dangerous. He's booking heavyweight fights. Yeah, these people destroy your life. Right. And he's getting in there and he's getting rocked once a year. And he, like, he wins a couple and then he gets rocked. And then he wins a couple and then he gets rocked. And and what it is is he's, every time he bumps down in rank in the heavyweight division, he fights his way back up. And then when he gets to the good fighters. He gets knocked all the gets, way back down. Exactly. Because he's not, he's not, he's not good enough anymore. The, the moment has passed for him. But. He's still bankable, and he still wins So in the fight game. Now, I don't think he's on UFC anymore. He might be back at UFC now, but for a little while he was doing like the Bellator and the other leagues and stuff. But he was doing those things, essentially, I mean, he's making money. I mean, he's probably, you know, three, two or three million dollars a year without getting in, in, into like the sponsorships and stuff. But, I mean, once a year he's getting knocked out. Yep. Is that, is that worth I don't know. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Not at that point. Not at that age. In my okay. 20s, sure, knock me out a couple of times. No big deal. I, I didn't even know what my brain was for. But now? Uh, no. Now I hurt when I get out of bed and, and, and like... It, my bones break. Yeah, my bones break and there's metal in me and now I'm walking around and sometimes I got to kick my knee so hard that it pops so that I feel better. No, I don't want to fight you now. I don't want to fight you now. I don't, I'm what not do you even. Mean you have you're basically a cyborg. You have the <laughs> advantage, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm half robot. I'm steam powered, bro. No, I don't want to do it now. Like now, there would be zero interest in me getting knocked out now. Like if someone was like, hundred dollars, let me knock you out. When I was twenty, make it fifty. I'm in. Now I'll take twelve. <laughs> right? Are we gonna play the knockout game? Let's do it. I didn't even know there was money on the table. Now it's like I gotta sign a health insurance. Like I gotta do this. Someone's gonna film it in case someone asks later what happened. Who's gonna catch me when I fall? Because I don't want to go to the ground. And also, I need a thousand dollars. Like I don't want to do it now. Forget it. Forget it. I don't want to do that now. And so I don't know, man. For someone like Conor McGregor, I don't think. I think it's sad because I think what he's trying to do is that he's trying to transition into business, right? Right. He wants to have an empire. You know, he wants to be the George Foreman of, of this stuff. Even though George Foreman wasn't that rich, it's sort of odd. He he sold the George Foreman girl basically after he bought it. Uh-huh. And then the next guy blew it up, but it was still called the George Foreman girl because he was the one who owned the like the naming and all that when he sold it. And that George Foreman's a better name than Todd. And so <laughs> the George Foreman girl still existed. They then came back to him and paid him to advertise for it. He's a paid sponsor of a product he wants invested in. Yep. And also, the George Foreman grill built so sturdily that our sales declined because they didn't, no one ever <laughs> needed another one because <laughs> it lasted forever. That's the old that's the old industry problem, right? Like people used to fix old fridges and old stoves and things like that and old washing machines, and so now instead they're just like, uh, when they break, you got to buy a new one. Printers are almost to that point now where it's just cheaper to replace your printer when it runs out of ink than it is to buy an ink cartridge. That blows my mind. Ink cartridges are so expensive. It blows my mind. The ink cartridge is eighty dollars. The printer is seventy with the scanner. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? Uh, isn't there an ink cartridge in it already? Yeah, and a color one. <laughs> You're like, deal. I'll take the cart. This I'll take like the, a whole printer. <laughs> apparently, this is three hundred dollars worth of stuff. If I were to part it out, <laughs> I don't think you guys are making this deal right. Right, like at that point, why not just buy printers in the Best Buy, sell them back the ink cartridges on exchange? <laughs> like how? <laughs> like opening, <clears throat> open them in the parking lot, and, take it, and take just walk in with two unopened ink cartridge, cartridge packages, and then leave with like a flat screen TV. <laughs> Clearly, we were playing this game wrong. <laughs> Uh, speaking of flat, we're going to get out of here. When we come back, we got one more segment of Nerd Thug Sports. What's up, Conroe? It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. School is back in session, so let's talk about Cox ATA Martial Arts. 
as the leader in the American Taekwondo Association in North Houston with two convenient locations. There's one in Conroe next to the Academy on North Loop 336, one in FMF 1488 in Magnolia. They have martial arts, self-defense, and leadership programs for everyone in the family. For those interested, check them out at coxata.com. And for those interested as well, mention Nerd Thug Radio to receive two free weeks of training. Cox ATA Martial Arts. We teach life skills, we build leaders, we leave a legacy. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to more Nerd Thug Sports. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual, uh, uh, little brother Nico. That's me. Hey, look at that. Uh, you can hear us on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Accurate. Those are accurate statements. Uh, right here before we get out of here, I need to tell all you guys about uh, RNA Sports, our buddies right there at 3501 North Fraser in Conroe. Right out there, they got all kinds of sports and wrestling memorabilia and collectibles and a little bit of pop culture stuff. He's, um, you know, he's got the little Funkos and stuff too. Um, they're getting into Kate Upton sweaters again, and he also has gotten into uh, sports products now too. So like forty-seven brand stance, New Era, Mitchell and Ness. Um, so this is where you go to get all the good sports memorabilia and also like like bats and softball gear and stuff like that. RNA Sports right out there in Conroe. Um, he's been hanging out at 3501 North Fraser now for a little bit over almost a year. I want to say, does that sound right? About a year. Sounds right. Uh, they are open seven days a week and, uh, it's a really cool place. I like all the different, like I can get into the wrestling gear. He gets some cool wrestling gear. Um, what you need to do is you need to get on the Facebook and follow his Facebook page because regularly he's auctioning stuff off on there. And he'll make the videos where he's like selling things, but he gets cool stuff. So like if you, if you go to like the big wrestling events, WrestleMania is coming up. We're going to talk about that in a second. When you go to those big events, if you sit in the gallery, like around the ring, you're sitting in a specially made folding chair that has print on it specifically for that event. And he always has those chairs. Like it's really cool. It's a cool thing to check out because like I had never, I didn't know that. And then when I started seeing those, he had them and they were really cool. Um, so get out there to 3501 North Fraser, uh, RNA Sports. Go out there and get your game on. Get your game on. Uh, make sure you follow them on Facebook, though. We tag them in a lot of stuff, so it makes it pretty easy. Um, so I liked the show John uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. Yep, it's pretty funny. It's funny, but he also focuses on things that are interesting. He brings he brings a lot of stuff to uh, he brings attention to a lot of things that people didn't know or didn't realize were going on. And sometimes he'll take a really complicated, nuanced subject and spend a bunch of time on it. Um. He's he's always been political, but he's kind of starting to kind of move away. He's kind of just over Trump, honestly, at this point. He kind of covered Trump for like a year and a half straight, and he was kind of like... It's kind of boring. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Only so many bad jokes you can make until they stop being funny. Well, Yes, yes. And that's sort of my feeling, honestly, is like at this point, it's like, well, you know what? There's an election coming up next year. Like, We'll be fine. Yeah. I don't know that until the election is over, but... Uh, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Um, but John Oliver this week brought up something interesting uh, that I want to share with the sports world. Nerd Thug uh, Wrestling um, has been talking about and getting ready for WrestleMania, which is this weekend. Been preparing for like nine years. Hey, WrestleMania is the big one, man. And uh, John Oliver, turns out is a massive wrestling fan. Woo! Ma- I didn't know this. Massive wrestling fan. So... Of course he, he likes wrestling. Look at him. <laughs> it's just weird to think that a British guy likes wrestling, but there's British wrestling, so right. it's really not crazy. They're just not as good as us. Right. Yeah, because they didn't win those wars. We did. America! America! Uh, Back to make <laughs> World War champ. <laughs> and really, wherever Britain's involved, we're like undefeated. Right. Like, undefeated. If there's a world war and we're in it and Britain's in it, we're undefeated. 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 Uh, (laughs) Back-to-back world war champs. We won the French-Indian War. We were helping the British then. Then we beat the British in the the American Revolution. And then in the world wars, 
we helped the British and we won again. So we're like four and zero in world wars involving the British. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's the kind of baseball stat I'm talking about. You know, four and zero after the third inning, batting left-handed, runners in scoring position. America's four now. Um, obscure America stat. <laughs> America. It's not even that obscure. Like, it's literally just history. Um, yeah, but it's like taking into conjunction all of history. <laughs> all these, if we if we cherry pick for now. Uh, <laughs> We've never lost anything. As long as we don't talk about those things that we lost. Right. Um, I think that's why we won't ever end the other wars. Because like, then we'd have to be like, okay, we kind of... We lost that one. They didn't go so good for us. Um, so he brought up, though, an interesting thing. The WWE is like the last, and sports entertainment to me is sports. All sports is sports entertainment. If basketball was boring to watch, nobody would go. If, you know, if if football was boring to watch, which is blasphemy, nobody would go. Uh, People go because it's not. Same thing with wrestling. But the wrestlers are the last sport, sports entertainment, that don't have like a union or any sort of protection. The wrestlers are technically, this is, this is crazy, they're technically independent contractors with the WWE. Whoa. So the WWE isn't responsible for health insurance, 401k, uh, employee benefits, sick days, vacation days, nuns of it. Nuns of it. Ain't having it. They're essentially only worried about cataclysmic in-ring injury. That's the only thing the WWE is concerned about as far as... Throw me off the cage. <laughs> right. 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 So that could have gone bad. But it didn't, so it's cool. But the, the WWE has long been the only game in town. Um, the, the rules on what constitutes a con- like an independent contractor is essentially if your industry would survive, if your company would survive without them. They're not pertinent to the inter- like into the day-to-days of your industry. So the WWE is is saying that the wrestlers aren't necessary for the day-to-day of world wrestling entertainment. Yeah, you don't need those. Nah. Now in the website, on their website it says on the front of it Without these wrestlers, none of this is possible. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> also, they have a Hall of Fame. And in it, they put wrestlers. Um, what if their Hall of Fame is just, like, writers? And, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they do put in, like, other people sometimes. And, like, no, but, like, only, only. It was only, like, executives. Yeah. Writers, executive, the coffee guy. <laughs> Todd from accounting. Nailed it. 32 years in the biz, bro. 32 years. That'd be, I mean, listen. I think it would be cool if there was more like corporate recognition for hard work and stuff like that because there's really none. But like a Hall of you'll Fame, you'll get a gold star, right? Like a Hall Ooh. of Fame is a little much. Yeah, like there's no middle ground, right? Like a gold star would be cheesy, but a Hall of Fame is a little much. But nobody ever notices when you come and go, right? Like right. Exxon still stands tomorrow no matter what. So good work. Good job. Right. And I think that's something Feeding, our gen- Just feed the beast, my dude. And that's something our generation basically is dealing with, right? Like, that's why so many of us go independent and things like that. And that's why so many of us change jobs 18 times and, and like, have zero loyalty and all that. But, so WWE is dealing with essentially the same issue. These wrestlers are dying at crazy rates, right? Uh, there was an interview he that John Oliver shows with Roddy Piper. And Roddy Piper basically is, he went back to work at, like, 52, and he's like, hey, man, I'm old, but what else am I going to do? And back in the day before independent contractors were a thing, WWE did a crew pension because that was what companies did. So he goes, I've got a pension, but I can't touch it until I'm 65. And he goes, I'm not going to make it to 65. That's crazy. That's Wrestlers don't get that old. So I've got to do something right now to earn. The big money. T- until then. So he literally came back and wrestled for a few years in his 50s. Sure enough, he died at 62. Three years. Three years short. Um, and it just talks about how, like, their death rate is significantly higher than every other industry and, and stuff like that. Um, They're literally throwing themselves at each other. <laughs> right. But it's even higher than football players. Right, but... And football players at least... Pads. At least do the deep... Well, but 
you and know, they have like a corporation backing them, and they don't want them to get hurt. Well, and the, the NFL at least has the decency of health care for former players and things of that nature. Right. You qualify for salary for like pension. You qualify once you retire and file your paperwork, you get paid a set amount of money for the rest of your life. That's that's if you play six years in the NFL, you're vested in the NFL pension, and you get it the rest of your life. Uh, that's not in the WWE. <laughs> they don't do that. Um, like we got you a potato, dude. Right. Thanks for the hard work. Uh, we're gonna drop you off in Montreal if that's cool. Um, w. So Vince McMahon was famously on an HBO interview, and HBO is really like this is like the last time he went on like a an aggressive interview. And basically, the guy on HBO Real Sports was like, "Hey, a lot of people are dead from your industry. Uh, do you do you how do you feel about that?" Vince McMahon's immediate response was, "How do you feel about that?" Like, well, I don't own a WWE, so I don't know. <laughs> right. I, I don't I don't operate that. I, I don't have wrestlers work for me, so I, I mean. I feel sad, I guess, because people die. Yeah, it's, it's really not about how I feel on this. You're kind of the guy for this. Um, and it was just kind of a, it's a huge thing, because like, so during the interview, after a couple of questions, Vince McMahon basically rips the papers out of his hand and is like, just angry at him. He doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Um... So we'll see what happens, but John Oliver basically asked wrestling fans worldwide to hold up signs at WrestleMania and to chant at WrestleMania in support of the wrestlers. So we'll see if the John Oliver effect re he's actually done a really good job. Like he he when he covers things it has a noticeable effect. When he covered net neutrality, so many people went to the net neutrality website that it crashed multiple times over the weekend or, or like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, cause the show airs Sunday nights. Uh-huh. Um, and so like <laughs> net neutrality, people were like, we're having trouble keeping the website up. <laughs> uh, so he does have an effect that's, that's palpable. It's real. Uh, so I'm curious to see what happens on WrestleMania to see <laughs> what kind of signs and what kind of chance we hear. Cause he's like, listen, it's going to be live. It's the biggest event of the year. They're not going to be able to stop you if you want it to voice your opinion on the matter. I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Stop a live event? Right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, it is a big WrestleMania. I'm excited for some stuff. Uh, how much time do we have? Zero seconds. Zero seconds? All right, cool. Uh, all that being said, thank you for listening. This has been another edition of Nerd Thug Sports. Make sure to check us out on NerdThugRadio.com. The podcast drops at 6.01. Uh, go to the Patreon page and join our T-shirt of the month club we got going on. $30 every month, you get a brand new T-shirt, plus it helps support the station, keep us going. Uh, the show, I should say, not the station. Uh, for Little Brother Nico, I'm Corey DLG. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. <laughs>